beautiful boundaries are for you. So you're committing to yourself to take care of yourself, which means removing yourself from conversations and or situations that are causing you stress, anxiety, and are re-traumatizing you. Hey beautiful, welcome to Beauty Beyond Betrayal. Have you discovered your husband's been having an affair? Do you just want the pain to stop and be able to take a deep breath again? Do you find yourself up late at night Googling how to save your marriage, heal from an affair? Do you wake up with the hope that this nightmare would end only to feel crushed and humiliated because your husband acts like the affair was really your fault and now you're left obsessing with where he is and if he's seeing her again? Hey, I'm Lisa. I too was devastated when I discovered my husband was having an affair. I too felt the pain would never end and wished he would just stop the affair and we could restore our marriage. I wanted the weight of the trauma to be lifted so I could breathe again and be able to have someone, anyone help me climb out of the dark miry pit of despair so I could begin to heal and be confident in me again. But I kept telling myself, he won't stop seeing her, must have been my fault and this pain, it'll never go away until I found hope and healing in Christ, along with simple techniques that helped me to learn how to recover from the betrayal. In this podcast, you'll discover what betrayal trauma really is, learn simple techniques to heal and recover, and get biblical guidance to help you make the right choices as you heal from the affair so you can be free from the heartbreak and the pain and rise in confidence once again to be the woman God created you to be. So beautiful, grab your favorite latte or a glass of wine, snuggle up on the couch and focus on yourself for a few minutes. Let's dive into what it really means to rise up from the ashes of betrayal and loss into a life that you really desire. Hey beautiful, we're back for part two of All Things Boundaries. I've been really excited to bring you this second episode because there are many of us who struggle when it comes to boundaries. We know that we're supposed to set them, we know that they are healthy, and we know they're for ourselves, but a lot of times in the midst of All Things Boundaries, we kind of get confused sometimes and we really struggle and all of a sudden we're back into that control issue of no this boundary is for him and and I need to control this situation and then we're out of bounds. <laughs> So I want to clarify some of that for you today because you know we need to know what boundaries are and if you haven't figured that out yet make sure to listen to episode one part one of this on all things boundaries. I'll put that link below in the show notes so that it's easier to grab for you. We, we need to know what they are and why they are important in our lives and the benefits of them. But also we need to know what types of boundaries are we supposed to set after betrayal and how do we even set them? That's part two today, beautiful. So grab your pen and paper because we're going to dive in because we have seven, yes, you heard me right, seven types of boundaries that we need to look at to set. These are necessary for a healthy life and for healthy relationships. So let's jump in. The first one is uh, that I want to tackle with you is the non-negotiables. 
Okay, we're going to tackle that one first. Now, I'll give you a heads up. The, the seven are these. Physical, sexual, emotional or mental, spiritual, financial, communication boundaries, and non-negotiables. I want to start with the non-negotiable boundary because that's the one that's really necessary to set first after your husband's had an affair when you're dealing with the trauma, the devastation of betrayal. By definition, a non-negotiable boundary is a boundary that is not open for discussion. I mean, seriously, this one is not open to discussion or modification. End of story. There's no way that he can look at you and say, well, let's talk about that. No, no, this is a non-negotiable. Another way to think of a non-negotiable boundary is that there's something you must have or something you can't tolerate in order to stay in the relationship. I think of them as relationship deal breakers. Like if these are crossed, if these are disrespected, like end of story, dude, we're done. This broke the deal, right? That's what a non-negotiable is. They must be carefully considered and carefully chosen when you're working these out. You must be, and hear me on this beautiful, please hear me on this. You must be absolutely sure that you're prepared to follow through if you set a non-negotiable boundary. Because again, remember, they are deal breakers. Now, for some of you... I'll give you an example of this. This might be on your agenda for your boundaries that if you find out, because your husband has been dealing with pornography, if you find out that he has crossed over into child pornography, well, that's a non-negotiable. That's a deal breaker for you. I totally get that one for sure. That would be a deal breaker. Or another deal breaker on a non-negotiable could be for you, I set the boundary that from this day forward, you will have no contact, no communication, um, no kind of interaction whatsoever with the other woman. Absolutely not. And if I find out that you do, deal breaker, we're done. That's a non-negotiable. Okay, so beautiful, let's go on to the next one. Physical now, your physical boundaries are all about your body. It's what you will allow around you and what you won't allow. They give you the space needed to begin your healing process. They actually help you establish some stability in your life again. They help you process your feelings. And before you can even begin to feel emotionally safe, you must feel safe physically. That's why it's important to establish your physical boundaries first. In other words, what is appropriate for you and what's not appropriate for you. So I have ladies all the time that say, can you help me with this? Like when it comes to boundaries, I know the different categories, but Lisa, I have no clue what to set. So that's why after each topic, after each category, I'm going to give you an example. So with the physical ones, this could be like living arrangements. 
I know that tensions are high, emotions are just really over the top when we find out that our husband has been unfaithful. So for you, a physical boundary could be a living arrangement. Maybe uh, for a time you separate, you live in separate homes um, and that could be for a time period. I know for me, that was one that ended up happening. Actually, for me, I set a non-negotiable boundary that said, if you see the other woman again, I'm moving out. And that's what happened. And I moved out and got into my own apartment. So it could be separate homes for a while. Um, it could be sleeping arrangements where you actually sleep in different rooms. And if you don't have an extra room, maybe he sleeps on the couch. We call that the dog house, don't we, ladies? <laughs> so that could be your physical boundary with your sleeping arrangements. Um, maybe for you, some of that also equates to physical property where while this is going on, you're not going to drive each other's vehicles. Um, maybe you're going to sell a vehicle because the other woman was in the other vehicle. It could be things like that, right? Or maybe another example is touch what you're comfortable with right now. That means non-sexual touch and sexual touch. That could be, you know, you, we could hold hands or maybe you can kiss me on the cheek. Uh, or maybe you can sit next to me on the couch. Maybe I'll allow you to rub my back. Whatever it is for you, this is uh, a physical boundary where you feel safe and secure. Beautiful, when you're creating these boundaries, remember, if you feel unsafe when you're thinking through these categories, then those things should not be allowed in your life right now. Because you're seeking to establish safety, not continue to feel unsafe. So it feels uncomfortable. You know that right now you don't need that in your life. What you actually need is something totally different. So any other area in your physical life that you need to feel safe, work on that boundary, okay? Now, let's talk about the next one, and that's sexual boundaries. Now, these have to do with what you will allow sexually and what you won't allow. Now, when there's been betrayal, it's important for you to decide if and when you're going to be intimate in your relationship again. Beautiful you've been betrayed. So that leaves you in the driver's seat. And I think there's one woman that needs to hear this once again. That leaves you in the driver's seat. You get to say what you're going to allow sexually and what you're going to not allow right now. So an example of that is, again, what kind of touch is appropriate for you and what is not? When will you be intimate again? Like for you, you may say, um, STD testing is a 100% go. You've got to go get STD tested. I'm going to go do the same. And we're not going to be intimate until we get those results back and see what we're dealing with. Or you may say, you know, for the next 90 days, which I strongly, strongly recommend beautiful listen. When you've been betrayed in this manner, um, there's infidelity. I strongly recommend a 90-day sexual hiatus. 
where there's no sexual touch whatsoever and you're not intimate in that manner at all. This gives your body a chance to reset from the trauma. It gives you a chance to step back because while it is a normal response for you to actually, some of us, want to be intimate with our husbands. It's normal. It's not crazy. It's normal. Some of you may not want that. Both responses are normal. Neither one is right or wrong. But for you, you may get severely triggered if you are sexual with your husband within those first 90 days. I made that mistake. I did. And I can tell you, it was traumatizing to me. Um, and, and if I could have flipped the script and gone back, I would. Now that I know these things, right? But there is a hiatus that is very healthy. It gives you time to get STD testing. It gives you time to see if they're actually going to move forward in their own recovery. It gives you time to start your recovery work then at a healthier place you can decide whether or not you're ready to move forward with it. So those are some things to consider. Okay, let's talk about emotional boundaries. Now, with emotional boundaries, often these have to do with how others talk to us and how they treat us, how they talk to us and how they treat us. These boundaries, the emotional boundaries, help you regulate your nervous system when you become overwhelmed, when you're extremely dysregulated following a crisis, there's been an upheaval, maybe you've gotten a little bit more of a drip disclosure or you're triggered by something, right? Beautiful listen, your emotions will be all over the place for a time. It's normal and it's a part of the trauma response. That's why having emotional boundaries in place for yourself is crucial to navigate through the highs and lows of your emotions. Now, setting the emotional boundaries will actually help you calm your body. It'll help you care for yourself and stabilize your emotions. Remember, your boundaries are for you. So you're committing to yourself to take care of yourself. And this means removing yourself from any conversations and or situations that are causing you stress, anxiety, and are re-traumatizing to you. So what are some examples of emotional boundaries? Well, one could be that you actually get up and move. And <laughs> you're probably like, how does that have anything to do with my emotional state? It has everything to do with it, beautiful. Because when you put forth some kind of movement daily, it helps your body regulate itself and it helps to stabilize your emotions. And it can be through exercise, yoga, walking, running, any of those. Another emotional boundary is actually setting aside some time to pray, to talk to God about your situation, to pour your heart out to Him. This is very healing and, and in your emotions because this is where you can be raw and real, right? You can cry, you can yell, you can scream. God can take it. He literally can. And this is where you let your feelings go and you can just work it out with God. Another way is journaling. It's actually scientifically proven that through having pen to paper and journaling your emotions 
actually helps you to restabilize them. It helps you to work through and process them in a very healthy way. And it helps to reset your emotional stability within the brain. Here's another one, sleep. When you're exhausted, your emotions are raw. So having sleep in the equation, going to bed at a certain time every night, getting up at a certain time every morning, having that um, established is going to help you to regulate your emotions. Here's another one, healthy nutrition. Listen, beautiful, (laughs) if you are eating all the junk food, and I know it's easy to do so when we've been betrayed because I mean, truth be told, we're seeking comfort, right? Comfort food, you know, the French fries and the potato chips and the ice cream and all the comforts, the chocolate, all the things, right? Or maybe it's self-medicating through wine or drink, whatever it is. But those things can actually be detrimental to your body. So it's crucial that you're feeding your body good, real food. Um, Another thing is processing your emotions. This is healthy. You know, writing it out saying, I will not deny my feelings, but I will allow them to come. I will feel them for what they are. And I will use the techniques that I'm being taught through coaching or therapy to process them so my body can now create a higher tolerance, release the trauma, and I can work through. This will help you in your emotional stability. So reaching out to a coach and a therapist is also a good way to help regulate your emotions because those who are trauma-informed, we can help you with that. We help you establish your boundaries and we help you adhere to them. So reaching out to a coach or a therapist who's trauma-informed is definitely a boundary you want to place for yourself. All right, so let's talk about the next one. The next one is spiritual. Beautiful, this is about your relationship with God, and it is important to have this as a category in your boundaries because when we've been betrayed, it's easy to step back and you know not want to go to church, not want to read your Bible, not want to pray, not want to do any of that, right? I mean, my first week, all I could do was hold my Bible. I couldn't read it. I couldn't pray. The only thing I could do was say, Jesus. Now listen, he understands. He really, really does. But there comes a point where we need to step back and say, what do I need spiritually right now to feel safe again? And for most of you listening, you are women of God. You are a daughter of the King. You have a relationship that is personal with Jesus Christ and reconnecting with him will bring you stability, will bring you healing, and will lead to ultimate recovery. So for you, it's about setting aside time to reconnect with God again. So where is this? Is it going to be in your home? Is it going to be in your favorite chair? Are you going to go out to a park to reconnect to Him? What time are you going to do this? Are you going to do it in the morning? Are you going to do it in the evening? Are you going to attend church? Maybe for you, that means you're going to get back into church attendance or put yourself into a Bible study or a women's group. 
Or maybe you're going to meet one of your sisters that you journey with for coffee so that you can just start to reconnect and talk it through with a friend so you can get back on the right track. All right, the next boundary is financial. And I, some of you may think, well, that I don't understand why I need to create a financial boundary. Well, hear me on this beautiful. When you've dealt with infidelity in your relationship, when you've been betrayed, well, he may have used your finances for extracurricular sexual behaviors. And this could have impacted your finances on a level that you don't know about yet. Now, this could range from, you know, his spending uh, being on um, pornography, uh, apps, websites. Um, Maybe it was to have, you know, spend money for a hotel room to meet the affair partner or, you know, the other woman at, right? Um, maybe he has a secret bank account or credit cards. So he could have, you know, all of that hidden from you. Uh, maybe it was a loss of income because he had an affair with a coworker, right? Whatever the case may be, finances are a boundary that needs to be put into place so that you can feel safe once again. Now, this may mean that you say, moving forward, you're not going to have any credit cards uh, since you use the credit cards on pornography or you use them on hotel rooms, you use them on the other woman, what have you. Um, Maybe it is, you know, for a certain amount of time, you used to do finances together, but now you step in the role of taking over the finances right now because you need to keep track of them because you were so impacted financially because of the affair. You kind of get what I'm saying, right, beautiful? But it's time to really think through how you were affected financially, and then set up boundaries accordingly. All right, let's talk about the communication boundaries. Now, this is what um, I call, you know, the communication between you and your husband now since the affair, what you will and will not talk about. You know, sometimes you need either a coach or a couples therapist to help navigate certain conversations that can get out of hand very quickly. Maybe there are certain things that you're struggling to discuss and you're going to need a third party to help intervene that conversation. So you're going to set the boundary to say, okay, these are the things we can discuss between ourselves And these are the things that right now we need to talk about only when we are in couples counseling, okay? Maybe that looks like an example of that could be, you know, when we're talking about difficult topics um, and we're alone, this is a topic we've decided we can talk about, if it gets heated at any time and the emotional energy in the room is getting out of hand, then we're going to take a time out. We're going to house the conversation and we'll come back to it 24 hours later to give us a time out and some space so that we can both calm down. Or maybe it's that you're not going to talk about difficult conversations after 8 p.m. in the evening because you're both tired and you need to be in a better brain space as much as you can after infidelity to talk about these things. Okay, 
A second uh, form of a communication boundary is who you will talk to about the affair and actually what you will share with them. (laughs) I know some of you probably haven't thought about that, but it is a boundary you need to place nonetheless. Because the reality is you shouldn't go spilling it out over social media. That is one of the very first things I tell every woman in my free ebook. And if if you need it, um, go in the show notes. It's free. Go grab it. It's your first nine steps that you need to take when you find out you've been betrayed. And one of those steps is do not get vengeful and slap it all over social media. It does nothing but hurt your integrity. Okay, so don't go down that road. So you need to decide who are your safe people, those who are trustworthy, those who want to see you healed and whole, those who will journey with you, and those who are going to be non-judgmental in this um, journey of healing and processing, right? But they'll also be willing to call you on the carpet when you are out of bounds, And they would let you do the same to them. That's what a safe person is. So these are the ones that you seek out so that you can talk to and share your journey of recovery and you can share certain things. So decide who they are and then decide what you'll share with them. Because there are certain things you you might not want to share with anybody, right? And then there are certain things you can. So a couple of examples of this are you know, defining who your safe people are, and they're going to be a part of your support system. And the boundary is, you know, I'll share my story with them. And I'm going to even let my husband know who I've told about it and what I told them. Because you need to be able to voice yourself, beautiful. You don't need to lose your voice in this, as a lot of us do. You need to be able to use your voice because that's a part of your healing process. Again, not in a vengeful way, but in a therapeutic way. Another example of this is, you know, um, you're going to agree with your husband if children are in the equation when how and what you're going to tell your children because your children don't need to know everything. They just don't. So you also need to decide about talking to them with these things together. Okay, so wow, we are really diving in deep and I see that we are we are in this knee deep right now, but I want to finish this today. So this might go just a few minutes more. Hang tight with me because I do want to share with you how do you set your boundaries. Okay, first you need to know the goal of your boundaries. What is the goal of boundaries? Well, it's self-protection and it's also relationship regulation. It literally is to make sure that you're protected, you're safe once again, you're stable once again, and that you now establish safe and healthy relationships. So recognize that you deserve to be treated with respect. Beautiful, you're worthy of love, you're worthy to be loyal to, and you were worthy of respect. Next, define and acknowledge what boundaries, if any, You've already set in your relationship. You may have set some, but they were crossed. So you, at that point, you just need to reestablish those. But if you don't have any as of yet, and you've recognized, wow, I really have never set healthy boundaries in this relationship. Well, now's the time. And third is 
Take some time to recognize what boundaries you need and what boundaries you desire. Then take time to write them out. Put pen to paper. Literally sit down and decide what is it in your life that you will tolerate and what will you not tolerate? What is okay for you and what is not okay for you? Write them out. Get them out on paper because you've got to have them in front of you so that you can really think through this process so that you can go to the last step. And that is this. Then you communicate your boundaries in a very clear, concise, respectful way. Don't demand. Demand is doing nothing but making a person um, just really defensive, and it comes across as an ultimatum. And again, remember, your boundaries are not ultimatums. They're not uh, for the other person. This is what you require in your life to feel safe, and this is what you require in your life for them to be in relationship with you. So communicate them clearly, concisely, and very respectfully. It really boils down to communicating what you need for healthy interaction. Not everyone's going to understand this, beautiful. And he might not understand why you need what you need. But your boundaries are for you. And if you don't set them, then you certainly can't expect him to respect your boundaries and even follow through. You just can't. So it's important for you to know your boundaries and communicate them clearly and concisely. Once you've set them, beautiful, adhere to them. That is key. Now, I know it's hard. Believe me, I get it. My mama used to say when she used to have to enforce a boundary with me, because listen, I was a hellion as a teenager, okay? My mama used to have to really enforce boundaries with me. And she used to tell me, Lisa, this hurts me far more than this hurts you. Because she had to enforce the boundary. And sometimes enforcing a boundary is hard. I'm not going to lie, beautiful. It's not easy, but you must enforce them nonetheless. And if they're not respected, don't just be silent. You have to use your voice, speak up, and tell the offender that they disrespected your boundaries. Remember, a boundary that is not communicated is not a boundary known. I'm going to say that again. A boundary that is not communicated is not a boundary known. They will have no clue that you have a boundary if you don't communicate it and communicate it well. If they continue at this point to disrespect your boundaries, listen closely. It's time to walk away. Now that can mean that you just limit your interactions with them as much as possible. But for some of you, that means walking away completely. There comes a time when toxicity in our life is not going to change. And the only way to change it is to walk away. Some of you, they may just be disrespecting and you need to limit your interaction. And by doing so, they get the boundary. This is something that you have to allow to play out. And this is something only you can assess for yourself. But you need to do it nonetheless. So, Beautiful. Let's recap the whole all things boundaries over the last two episodes. Boundaries are for you. 
They're for your safety. Boundaries provide you with self-protection and relationship regulation. They create a healthy life for you and they create healthy relationships. They are healthy and they help you to move forward and interact with others. And also, beautiful boundaries are biblical. God himself created boundaries in the beginning. When he said that the earth was formless and empty and darkness was all over the surface of the deep, the Spirit of God hovered over and said, let there be light, and there was light. He went on to separate the waters from waters and the sky from the dry ground. He even gave man boundaries of what they could and could not eat. He gave us the Ten Commandments as his gracious love letter to put boundaries there so that we would be safe. God gives us boundaries out of love, which means so should we. Boundaries are actually an act of love, leading to a safe, healthy life full of safe, healthy relationships. So beautiful. That's all things boundaries. Now, that's within the podcast. (laughs) I go very, very deep in my upcoming program that's going to be launching April the 3rd. Stay tuned for more information on that. I have some information below in the show notes you can click on and get on that wait list. Get on it. Find out what's going to be in that program. But that's where you actually dive deep into boundaries. It would help you tremendously. Thanks for being a part of this podcast. If this helped you today, please leave me a review and share this with another beautiful woman who needs it. I can't wait to talk to you soon. Have a great one, beautiful. Thanks for stopping by today and spending a little while with me. I hope you enjoyed today's show and found hope, healing, and encouragement. Please remember to subscribe to my podcast and leave a review. You can even screenshot this episode and share it on IG or Facebook stories. This is how we get the message of hope and healing out to all women who are in the midst of betrayal and loss. If you're ready to move out of the devastation of betrayal and take the next step in your healing, make sure to reach out to me and schedule your breakthrough coaching call today. Until next time, love God, live your life passionately and always choose joy in the midst of any circumstance that you may face. Cheers to you, beautiful.